Hello, woman beings, and welcome to another episode of the Woman Being Podcast. We're going to put up a trigger warning for this episode because we're going to be talking a lot about mindset around body image and um, body dysmorphia and eating disorders. So if that's something that you struggle with, um, we have so much love for you, but also just pace yourself and make sure like that this isn't going to be something that's going to cause you any kind of emotional distress. But today we are here with Miss Caitlin Alexander, who is a mindset and body coach. She is also a writer and an actress and all around just a beautiful creative soul and we're excited to be here with her today so without further ado we're just gonna dive right in welcome to the woman being podcast community where we explore thoughts and opinions and have the freedom to change our minds without expectation or judgment we will hold a safe space and support each other as we navigate together in the form of feminine for being here with us today. We're so excited to talk with you about all things food, body, body image, influences of culture. But before we really get into the nitty gritty of those things, can you just tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, I'm also so excited to be here. This is so fun for me. Um, (laughs) And yeah, like a little snippet of my background. So um, like... I'm an all-around creative, like I said. I've written plays. I've uh, performed, done all that fun stuff. And then, um, you know, we shared, we talked a lot about body image. And so when I was in my early 20s, late teens, I really struggled with binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And so for years, I, I would, like, go on really restrictive diets. Mm-hmm. Um, and hyper obsessed about food and then I would find myself just uh in the kitchen standing in front of the fridge completely feeling out of control Mm -hmm. and eating and I just didn't know how to yeah I just didn't know what to do with food like Mm -hmm. it was I was obsessed with being healthy Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with being fit and thin but then I would find myself having these uncontrollable bouts of binging and um was pretty overwhelming for me yeah so i am the oldest of nine children i um grew up in a pretty conservative homeschooling christian family and so for years i was the responsible person i was the the perfect child who took care of everyone who followed all the rules and um growing up in this conservative world we didn't really talk a lot about healthily processing emotions Mm -hmm. um you were supposed to just have faith and push through with everything Mm -hmm. that you did was like oh you know you find the positive thing that you believe and Mm -hmm. it was a lot of a like let's slap positivity on Mm -hmm. everything and so being the emotional enneagram four that i am (laughs) um just slapping a smile on everything wasn't really the most effective. Yeah. yeah. So here I was, you know, with so much responsibility as a kid, um, so much of like this perfectionist, follow all the rules, mm-hmm. mentalities. And I didn't know what to do with my emotions that were 
massive. Mm-hmm. And they, my emotions were too big for everyone around me. I was kind of like, there was like a joke of like, oh, you're just being sensitive or, oh, mm-hmm. you're just emotional. And, um, and so because I had emotions that felt so big and so out of control for me, like I decided to channel this control into controlling my diet, mm-hmm. into controlling food into controlling what I could put in my mouth and how much I could exercise. But unfortunately, I was kind of only an illusion of control because then something would happen and my control would fall apart and I would find myself out of control eating, Mm -hmm. binging. Like my process to healing really happened when I started not running away from pain and not running away from big emotions, but realizing that my emotions were communicating to me. My emotions mm-hmm. were, were telling me, you have a need that's going unmet. Mm-hmm. How can we meet that need? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So then as you kind of started realizing that and processing your emotions, like what was that healing process like and kind of what were some of the aha moments, I guess, that made you or like helped you along the way yeah um so there were a couple of them um a really significant thing for me was getting introduced to the idea of Mm self-compassion and Kristen Neff is a psychologist researcher who talks a lot about self-compassion and um I, I for years kind of operated under this idea of I can shame myself into being better If I just have more shame, if I just am like punish myself, then I can be better. Whereas like uh, Kristen Neff talks about how self-compassion is we all experience pain. We're all humans. Part of being human is suffering. Mm -hmm. And let's instead of trying to shame ourselves into perfection, let's give ourselves empathy for the fact that we're human. Mm -hmm. And um, which was so backwards for me for my like super hyper perfectionistic way of thinking like oh I can give myself compassion for struggling yeah I can be kind to myself when things are hard Mm -hmm. like if I don't have answers I don't have to punish myself I can treat myself with kindness um so that was really significant also the work of Brene Brown really really influenced me Mm -hmm. when I started realizing like how much shame was just pervasive in my way of thinking Mm -hmm. and um that I had actually made like this agreement with shame that shame mm-hmm. was going to keep me safe and shame was going to protect me. Yeah. And there was a really significant moment um, for me when I basically was like, okay, shame, I have to take a break from you mm-hmm. because you are running my life and everything that I do is motivated by this like fear of punishment. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's good. I love that. Who doesn't love Brene? Yeah, right. Brene's so good. You've got three Brene fans right here. I love Brene. Her work, honestly, has been so radical. And I love that you even brought up, like, Kristen and even the concept of, like, I there's probably no common phrase that I hate more other than, oh, you're just being sensitive. Because Mm. it's basically saying, like, you – 
you're feeling a lot of feelings and that makes you weak. Mm -hmm. And I really hate that because actually to be sensitive means you have possibly more courage, more vulnerability, and more um, inner strength because you have to hold those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that you brought up all those amazing women. Um, And it makes me wonder, like, as you went through this, this healing process, how has your relationship with food changed? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that, that relationship being broken between shame and food. And then also like, what do you feel are some of the misconceptions about food and body image that women have? Because it feels like there's plenty. Mm-hmm. Abundant. There's, <laughs> pick one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those, both of those, there's <laughs> so many thoughts. Um, yeah. Well, with food, I spent a lot of years very restrictive dieting or restrictive dieting in the name of let me heal my body. Let me heal my hormones. Let me like a like, cleanse. Like almost. a cleanse. Yeah. Let me like detox. Mm. And um, one of the things that really, really changed for me was the idea of intuitive eating, mm. which is getting a lot of traction right now um, for good reasons. And the my, the thought behind intuitive eating is I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to honor my body's food, hunger, sleep signals. Um, need for movement, rest, etc. Like being really, really tuned in and aware of what my body wants and need needs. So that was really, really significant for me because in our hyper fast culture, a lot of times it's like glorified to just suppress body needs. Mm-hmm. And so, totally. yeah, like, I mean, how many women do you know who women are way more notorious for doing this than men who will go hours like needing to pee but oh because gosh, they're just holding it. Yeah, they're just like in the middle of a project for and no reason. for no reason. And it's because we like have kind of glorified this idea of being disconnected to disconnected from our bodies mm-hmm. and achievement is a bigger deal than like mm-hmm. honoring what our bodies need. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're like turning yourself into sort of like this workhorse mm-hmm. where it's just like oh, if I, I just do, 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 yeah, uh, I don't have to pee, I don't have to eat, like I'm fine, I don't need to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's the one that gets me. Is <laughs> yeah, sleep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know I need sleep. You do oh, not want to see me when I've gone a few days without enough sleep. sleep. Oh, Trust me. Like, I just crash and burn. I do too. Real, real quick. Or I get so moody. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, the whole world is falling apart because I haven't slept. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have one time I had like a weekend where we were like doing a lot of things with friends and we had like a whole thing planned because someone was coming in from out of town and I hadn't had enough sleep. And like, we, we like tried to do this one thing super simple and I just like, checked out mm-hmm. i was like i'm not invested in this anymore I, I think i need to go home they were like yeah you should go home i like as i was backing out of this like parking lot i like backed into a curb like oh, no. i was like just like not good and i went home and i crashed for two hours oh man and then man. i was like i feel like a human again it's but they so tease real. me about that like but it's real <laughs> it's so real and like it's just so important to be self-aware and to be body aware mm-hmm. like I know that because I am such an emotional person, like my emotions are big and they're loud, that like if I'm going to manage my emotions well, I have to like eat on a regular basis. I have to like get enough sleep. I have to not go days without exercising. Mm. And so part of healing my relationship with food has just been actually reconnecting to my body and trusting that my body is for me, Mm. that my body wants to take care of me. 
and that my body has more wisdom than some author of some diet book somewhere. Mm-hmm. I've actually been learning a little bit more of that, or paying attention to that more ever since I learned about infradian rhythm in the female body. Mm-hmm. And that because we have a rotating hormonal cycle, our needs regarding all of those things mm-hmm. change throughout the month and throughout our cycle. And so, yeah, yeah it just yeah. does. It makes sense. Like different hormones are flushing through your body like every week or so. And mm-hmm. so your body has a different reaction. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. A different emotional state that you're in. Yeah. A different mm-hmm. physical amount of energy. Yeah. So, yeah. so on top of, you know, being in a culture that doesn't, that is mind over matter essentially. Like yeah. we're also women and we also have hormonal mm-hmm. like yeah. cycles on top of that. And so being mindful of our body is even doubly important. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because you can't just like stick to your rhythm and do what you always do. Because sometimes yeah. your body's like, no, no, I need some. It's true. Fatty ice cream ASAP. Yeah, <laughs> right. I literally like. An hour ago. <laughs> I tend to like schedule like the amount of movement that I do based around my cycle because oh, I know awesome. that my energy levels are going to fluctuate. Oh, that's amazing. And so I'm like, I can't. I'm not going to work out as much this week as I would mm. two weeks ago. You know? Yeah. yeah. Or literally even like like work projects Mm -hmm. almost I'm like okay I know this big project is coming up I probably should get it done before this day because I know this day I'm ovulating and once I ovulate brain power is like 50% less yep and it's It's just so real it's like you just don't have the capacity sorry your body's trying to prep for a possible pregnancy Mm -hmm. like (laughs) in in the idea that 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 isn't something that's created space for even Mm -hmm. when people comment like oh my gosh you have to pee again it's like yes because i stay hydrated and it's Mm -hmm. it's a very frustrating thing when people are like i'm gonna comment on your body needs Mm -hmm. like you actually just shouldn't do that yeah i know i've actually been like nervous to go to the bathroom at workplaces sometimes because i think it gives the appearance that i'm being less productive you know, mm-hmm. or I'm like, I drink so much water. I need to go to the bathroom yeah. very often. And like, I was like, I I went through a period where I was just always worried mm-hmm. that I was being seen by my superiors as lazy yeah. because mm-hmm. I'm going to the bathroom, Dang. you know, just because I'm taking bathroom trips. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely ingrained in what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. misconceptions then about food that women have, like, I think... I think there's, like, this expectation that, like, I have to just get control of myself and stop mm-hmm. being so, like, you know, lazy or, mm-hmm. you know, not paying attention or whatever. And then, you know, my nutrition will get better. And then my weight will get to the the point at which it wants to be and all that stuff. But it feels like, I mean, there's, a like, a level of, okay, I don't need to eat. A whole bag of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but, but like, I should have at least but yeah, two chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> but being able to be like, oh, I hear my body saying it needs this, and like, mm-hmm. like making sure that you're listening to your yourself talk to you. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the thing for me is like when I have connected to what my body wants, my body often doesn't want a whole bag of chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. My body never wants a whole bag of chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) It might want a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. But, like, in actuality, most of the time I'm like, oh, I really need protein. Mm. Or I could really handle a vegetable right now, even if it's not, you know, what I think tastes the most good. Um, But, yeah, like, 
my body wants to take care of me. My mm-hmm. body wants to nourish me. And um, the other thing that has really, really helped me is learning about like female hormones and female hormonal needs, mm-hmm. um, which like we talked about a minute ago, like fluctuate throughout the month. But for women, like you actually need like more body fat than for men. And so we have a lot of times these ideas of like, I need to be super tiny and skinny. But a lot of times people who are fit the Hollywood ideal body look actually have like pretty jacked up hormones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, learning to connect to what is my body saying it's wanting? What is Mm -hmm. my body saying it's needing? Mm -hmm. um, And nourishing myself consistently with yeah, yeah, a variety of foods. Well, that's a good point too, because mm-hmm. skinny is often associated with healthy, just default. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like sometimes you actually need a little bit more. Like your body knows, like it's the metabolism that it needs, mm-hmm. and like how to stabilize, etc. But like, you know, your point two percent body fat probably isn't serving, you know, your body's yeah, yeah. natural needs. Not, not yeah. necessarily. And it's amazing. Like, our bodies actually are very good at that. Like, they're made to do mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. we, our, our body knows what it needs more than a, a diet book. It <laughs> knows yeah. what we need necessarily. And I think that we can get really um, warped and into, like, bad habits with the way that we eat. But mm-hmm. that ultimately, like, our our body is, is trying to, you know, keep us alive. <laughs> it's, it, the goal is, is survival and continued life. And so your body is, is gonna, is gonna give you those signs. If you're eating yeah. really unhealthy, you're gonna have side effects from mm-hmm. that. If you're not eating, you're gonna have side effects from that. And like your body's always trying to re-regulate, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember I did a, a women's circle twice now, mm-hmm. but they talked, they had a whole section about your relationship with your body and a lot mm-hmm. of it is women coming home to this themselves being safe in the space of their body and one of the languages the body speaks is food but then there's also breath and like mm-hmm. touch like you are safe you are you know all these things how do you feel like that relationship started to get mended like the relationship between the language of your body mm-hmm. and you understanding it yeah um I mean, my process for mending it was messy, and it actually looked like me trying a bunch of diets and failing Mm -hmm. and going and starting to listen to my body in the process. Like, there's definitely a much better way to do it than the way I did. Mm -hmm. But it was like I started experimenting, and I started going, what makes me feel good? Like, Mm -hmm. what – like – um, like how do I feel when I'm, when I don't move my body? Oh, I actually feel really good when I walk, but if I do like really intense cardio, I get really exhausted mm-hmm. or like, you know, if I drink alcohol and then the next day, you know, like one glass of wine, I'm like super spent and I'm like, why is that? And just asking myself, it's like really just self-awareness and giving myself permission to like not have to figure it out but to get really curious curious mm. and I would say that curiosity is the thing that is, is probably the main thing that helped me begin healing my relationship with my body mm. because I took away the judgment of this is right or wrong this food is good and bad mm. this exercising or not exercising like I took away all the judgment and and was like okay I'm just going to be curious and I'm going to become a student of myself Mm. and I'm going to become a student of my body and so 
like I learned like, oh, if I eat this food, sometimes I get a stomach ache or maybe I'll get a headache or I'll just get really tired. And then because I was in the process of being a student of my body and being curious and listening, I started going, oh, maybe I don't want to feel that way. Mm. Or maybe I really like the way that I feel when I eat this. Or I really like the way that I feel when I do this activity. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was a big one. And that is really also that curiosity really helped me learn how to start loving myself. Mm. It kind of even reminds me of the Marie Kondo, like, does this spark joy? Mm-hmm. And, like, just even the, mm. like, looking at something in that way and being like, does this actually make me happy? Like, yeah. does that second glass of wine, like, genuinely, like, improve or, or make me feel better? Or is it, mm-hmm. like, or is it just coping, you know? Or, yeah. you know, the same, same with anything. Or is it pres- peer pressure? Or... Peer pressure or, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it, like, oh, you know, I feel a little bit more lightheaded, but mm-hmm. at the end of the night I feel terrible, you know? Or, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. It's, like, starting to be, like, you know, what does this... Yeah. yeah, activity or consumable really actually in the in the end like is it elevating my emotional health or not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of want to backtrack a little bit into something that you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, which was a little bit of just the the societal uh, impact of all of this. Like the what what are some of the things that you see that that culture says, especially for women, is is the the ideal or um is the way that a woman should look or what is healthy i feel like i'm like hinting at it already but um what are what are some of those things that you've seen especially as you've talked to other women about this too yeah i mean there's so much (laughs) um i know like kind of amazingly now there's definitely more of a move towards body body positivity and like diverse body types But I know when I was growing up, like, it was the skinny white girl Mm -hmm. who was the epitome of beauty. And Mm -hmm. I remember watching movies, and it was like, all the actresses kind of looked the same, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, they kind of looked the same. Like, you got to get the guy, and you got to have the adventure um, if you were skinny and white. And even, um, I I found this really interesting, actually. I was watching. Have you guys seen Stranger Things? Yes. Mm. Okay. Love so you it. know, in the first season, there is, there's Barb. Yes. The, the like kind of quirky, kind of chubby, kind of awkward looking girl. Yes. Yeah. And then there's um, what's Nancy. Nancy. Nancy yeah. You know, and Nancy is like thin so and skinny. so skinny. Like oh. And like I watched that, and I was like, oh, look at all the good stuff that happens to Nancy. Look, she gets the guy. She gets the adventure. She gets to save the world. And what happens to Barb? Spoiler alert, she gets eaten by an alien. Yeah, (laughs) and like, I watched that and I was like, dang, the subconscious messaging here is if you look like Nancy, Mm -hmm. things work out for you, you can do everything wrong and you still get everything right. Mm -hmm. If you look like Barb, you end up in the wrong place at the wrong time and you die. Like, and if you start wrecking, you start noticing this messaging is all over Mm -hmm. the film industry. And like casting, oh, casting guys. <laughs> I was um, even sorry in relation to casting. I, we occasionally partake in of a show called The Bachelor. Yes, and 
Like, it is that. It is the same girl. I mean, Mm -hmm. thankfully now in different colors of skin. But it's, you know. Still the same. It's the same girl, pretty cookie cutter look. Girl next door. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's no room for, like, variation or, like, different types of people or whatever. And it just sort of perpetuates this, like, glamorous, unattainable image to the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, when I started deciding I wanted to think differently about my body, I had to start dissecting what it was that I believed about beauty. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came up for me was that I really believed that I only got to be loved and I only got to be happy and I only got to have the adventure if I was skinny. Mm -hmm. And it was like when I finally wrote that down, I was like, oh, God, this is a terrible belief. Mm -hmm. I don't want this. Like, I don't want to keep believing this. But it was what had been subconsciously fed to me for so many years that it wasn't until I like wrote it out on paper that I got to decide whether or not I wanted to keep it. Mm. Mm. Wow. And so like, as you went on this journey of removing shame, removing judgment, deconstructing your beliefs that were, I mean, society kind of hands them to you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And self-love. How is that? impacted your mental health um and like how you see your body now like because that's like a whole process in itself I feel like yeah I mean it has done wonders for my mental health Mm -hmm. to actually decide that I was going to like the person in the mirror Mm -hmm. instead of criticize her Mm -hmm. and I wanted to love her no matter what she looked like Mm -hmm. and so I went on this journey of figuring out what that meant for me. What did it mean? Like, how was I going to do that? So I would literally stand in front of the mirror and tell myself, like when I was getting ready in the morning, I was like, you're such a babe. You're so sexy. You're so hot. I love you. I love your thighs. I love your butt. And I felt Mm. so dumb. But then it kind of became this game for me. Like as I was getting ready, where I'd be like, you're so beautiful. You're so sexy. I love you. (laughs) And, um... It was not instantaneous. Yeah. It was like this journey took me years, but it got to this point where that was my instinctive reaction when yeah. I looked in the mirror was, oh, actually, I really do love you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it is it has really impacted my, my mental health mm-hmm. to where I have way more feelings of positivity when I see myself, when I can put on an outfit and like my emotions don't suddenly spiral because I don't like what I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And one other thing that has really helped me was in the process of learning to love my body, I realized that first I just needed to accept my body. Mm -hmm. And so on the days that I was like, I don't think I can love the way that I look, Mm -hmm. I would be like, well, I'm going to appreciate my body for what it does. Yeah. And for the fact that my body is here keeping me alive, that my body you know, is working really hard to take care of me. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm not super stoked on the way it looks right now, my body has way more value yeah. than just how it looks. Mm. Yeah. That actually, have you heard of um, the concept of body neutrality? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I. Um, that's what that reminds me of, which I think we've mentioned it in another episode. I believe it was mm-hmm. our episode with Sarah Parker on waxing. Either maybe? that or Ashley. 
might have been Ashley's episode mm-hmm. with about it therapy. Might have been both. You know, mm-hmm. I think you guys need to listen to both of them yeah, just to find out really to good. make sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just this concept that you um, don't need to have a positive or negative feeling towards your body, but that you can just appreciate your body for the fact that it is there for you and for what it does. Mm-hmm. And um, at least that's sort of my understanding of it. Yes. And uh, it's it's sort of like trying to, to wash away like the need to really even like rate your body on any mm-hmm. scale. It's like, is my body functioning and doing what it needs to do? Yes. Great. That is, yes. that is, that's it. That's what it's here for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think there's nuance in that because, you know, bodies are beautiful and, and I think we can appreciate the beauty in, in the human body and in other people and in ourselves. Um, and I, I love hearing you talk about like, talking to yourself in the mirror because that's um I think the words that we say about ourselves are so important Mm -hmm. like I think that they impact your mind so much even if it takes a long time like that's something that I've actually done a lot in um I was really sick for a long time and then um as I was trying to like deal with my mental uh sort of my mindset around it um I started saying things to myself in the mirror just Mm -hmm. like you're saying like it but it was things like um you are capable like you are powerful um you're worthy of being loved like you're beautiful you um are strong because there was so much where I was struggling with Mm -hmm. being physically weak and still have struggles with that but uh that shifted so much because like I was able to sort of also fall back on these mantras mm-hmm. you know like in the times where I felt particularly um frail mm-hmm. or whatever like I, I could I could repeat these things and remember like these are the things that I know to be true these are the things that my god thinks about me like these are the things that the people around me think about me and mm-hmm. have said about me and it it makes a world of difference. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I think also, like, the way that we talk to each other has such a big impact. Yes. You know? Like, the way that we are interacting with one another, even if it's little things, like, I've noticed that when I see other women be insecure about things like their body, mm-hmm. it makes me, I start to take on those insecurities as well. Yeah. Um, like, I remember as well it's a lot of stories here um <laughs> when I was um when I went into college like I I uh, was living in a dorm and I started to hear all these girls talk about how they were fat or how their thighs were too big or their butt was too big or their boobs or whatever and they would say all these horrible things about their bodies and um also like say things about the way that they ate and things like that and I was like if those girls think that about themselves and they look just like me, then those things must be true about me as well. Mm -hmm. And they weren't saying, you're fat. They weren't Mm -hmm. saying, you're Mm -hmm. ugly or you're whatever. But, like, it's so hard to not, like, take on other people's insecurities. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that we can instead, like, use our words, which are so powerful, to to build one another up, like, to – to be examples of like confidence and of mm-hmm. body positivity um and also like enforcers of it to one another yeah. you know <laughs> that was my vomit no what are your good. thoughts on body neutrality i'm curious yeah. i mean body neutrality is one of the things that has really changed my life 
Um, and it goes along with like being curious. You know, I worked really hard on like loving my body, but sometimes like if if your whole body is like your perspective is, oh, how I look matters so much. How I look is the most important thing. Um, you're kind of missing the point of your body, you know, mm-hmm. bodies age, bodies change. You know, if you have babies, your stomach is not going to look the same after yeah. you've had babies. Um, weight goes up and down. At one point I had uh, really intense cystic acne in my mid twenties mm-hmm. and I had to confront, oh, is like my face just here for looking pretty mm-hmm. or can I like value myself and when there's acne all over my my face you know Mm -hmm. like um and so when I realized like oh acne is actually my body's attempts to communicate to me that I have some hormonal things that need addressing Mm -hmm. then it became about like okay let's listen to my body let's see what needs addressing um and I started seeing a nutritional therapist and and addressing some of the underlying issues so that eventually my ac- acne went away. Mm. But I was like, oh, this is my body communicating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's a number of people who I've like, trying to think of their names, paid attention to who talk a lot about body neutrality that has very much helped me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that, um, what's her name? Billie From The Good Place. Oh, oh, oh Jamila Jamil. No, Jamila Jamil. 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 Oh, yes. yeah. I really love Jamila Jamil. She has talked. She's where I learned about body mm-hmm. neutrality from yeah. um, in her podcast. Yeah. So, you know, Jamila Jamil, if you want to come on our podcast, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, let us know. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're obviously listening. <laughs> yeah, she has such a cool community called I Weigh. Yes. Yeah. Which I love. Yes. Yeah. And they say things. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you, she asks other guests, like, what do you weigh? And they'll say, like, I weigh, like, being a a loving wife. I weigh um, having, like, this amazing creative skill that I have. Mm. Like, that's how she's, like, instead of your weight being the number on a scale, Mm. it's like, this is actually what your worth is made up of, Mm. is these things. And so, it's really cool. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, So, unintentional plug for (laughs) Jamil Jamil's (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Um, account and all of those things she's great yeah yeah so yeah um so as we're talking about all of this there is sort of a tension um in where pe- where i think people feel like body positivity can go too far mm-hmm. um where we need to find a way to navigate between yes love yourself, accept your body, that's amazing, but also take care of your body, mm-hmm. be healthy, don't sit in being overweight or unhealthy and having medical issues that could de- cause detriment to your mm-hmm. life and your yeah. lifespan. How, how do we do that? How do we navigate that tension? Or how have you been able to navigate that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one that I have grappled with. And I think there's a disconnect between the idea that you can love yourself and self-love and self-acceptance doesn't mean you don't want to change. In fact, self-love and self-acceptance are really powerful tools for change. And this is where like the work of Christine or Kristen Neff has been really impactful to me because self-compassion is I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to be gentle with myself. I'm going to love myself in this moment exactly as I am. 
But also, if I'm really loving myself, like if I'm sitting with a good friend of mine and I really love them, I want what's best for them. Mm -hmm. Even if what's best for them looks like it's on the other side of hard work. Even if it looks like change or like you have a friend who's addicted to drugs and you're like, actually rehab is the most loving thing for you. Mm -hmm. It's the same with ourselves. Like self-love is really connected to, okay, I'm going to do the most loving thing for myself. Even if that means like I have to get up off the couch and move my body. Mm -hmm. Even if that means I have to, you know, get help with any one of these things. Um, And so it's a little bit sad to me when there's like just body positivity, but I'm not going to change any of my life and I'm not going to like manage anything else. It's like, they go to, they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's so much where for some reason, like society feels like they can tell us how we're doing with our Mm. health and things like that. And, um, one example that I think of, which I feel like I've also talked about on the podcast before, (laughs) but, um, apparently I only have a couple examples of things is, um, actually Lizzo, Mm -hmm. um, on her TikTok, she has talked a lot about, um, how she's actually vegan and talked a lot about her workout routine. And Lizzo, like, if you're not familiar with her, she's a very large woman. And she has gotten a lot of hate around her body type because people are like, well, you're just fat. Like, you're just not taking care of yourself. You're just doing all these mm-hmm. things. And she's like, actually, I do all of these things. And I eat this. I eat very well, like, based off the things she posts. She shows her workout routine. Mm-hmm. She's showing other things. She's like, this is just my body. Like, this is the way my body has looked my whole life. This is the way my body's going to continue to look. I'm doing my best to to stay healthy, but just because I look like something you've associated with being unhealthy, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. I'm not. Um, I think similarly to when I was growing up, I was so skinny, like like very, very, very skinny. And I like would get called anorexic. I would like get made fun of for being so skinny and I wasn't doing anything to try to be skinny like that. It was just the way my body was. Mm-hmm. And, um, for, like, people feel like they have a right to comment on that, mm-hmm. which is wild. Um, that that kids in my school thought it was okay to, like, say you look anorexic. Or that people on social media think it's okay to tell Lizzo that she's not healthy when they don't know anything about mm-hmm. what she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so real. Yeah. I feel like people are, were, they would ask me the same thing. They'd be like, are you anorexic? And I'd be like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. But like, what what's sort of a question is that? Yeah. Like, why why is would that, you ask yeah. someone yeah. Not if okay. they have like a serious, <laughs> like medical <laughs> yeah. issue going on? You don't right. just go up and ask somebody that. No. Yeah. Like, you don't just go to someone and go, are you, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another Do example. Do you need help? Yeah, like, are you depressed? But also, like, are you... I don't have the relational yeah. equity to actually help you with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. say, by happenstance, you ask someone that, and they say, yeah, you know what? I'm actually really struggling. Like, what is your response actually going to be? Like, yeah. your heart and your intention in that question isn't actually to help. Yeah. It's yeah. to no. pass judgment. Yeah, and I think that that makes people feel even more of that shame associated Mm -hmm. because like imagine if when I was in high school if I was struggling with anorexia and if people came to me with a question in the like judgmental tone the way that they were Mm -hmm. I mean I probably would have been like no no I'm not like don't (laughs) and then try to hide it even more you know it becomes even more of a secret Mm -hmm. and something that's even deeper down like 
in you, you know? And yeah, that's like totally not okay. It feels like as a woman though, like you almost can't win in those kinds of situations. Mm-mm. You're either too skinny or you're too curvy. Yeah. I got, you're too curvy. Like mm-hmm. people would constantly comment on the size of my butt. Mm-hmm. I hate it when people comment on the size of my butt because I've heard it my whole life. Like I've been very curvy ever since I was young. If you line up all my female mm-hmm. family members, we all look the same. Yep. We've all got like incredibly large hips, butts, and thighs. We joke that it's the Miles figure and we have birth like baby birthing hips. Mm-hmm. But it's also like why like one, why do you think it's worth your time to mm-hmm. bring up something about my body? And two, like it actually causes like serious <laughs> Like, I mean, mental and emotional mm. issues. Like, if, if you're constantly res- reduced to the way your body looks, mm. it's like, okay, well, then that's what I'm worth. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's what can bring on things like I'm going to control this. I'm going to, you know, do all these things, go on these crazy diets, work out like crazy or whatever. And then at the end of the day, because it's fueled from a negative emotion, it's never mm-hmm. going to be good enough. Yep. You have to, like, address the root of where that's coming from which is like what you're talking about body neutrality mirror work is a beautiful practice Mm -hmm. I do have done it a lot in the past and still do it a lot and like just that self-affirmation I feel Mm -hmm. like is so it's life-changing really yeah that's actually like a good point to touch on too um which is which as we've been getting to know you Mm -hmm. we've talked about this a little bit it's just the idea that like your your perception of your body changes everything. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a really negative perception of your body, you're going to feel like you look ugly. And yep. if you have a positive perception, you're going to, like, see the beauty in it. And, like, I grew up thinking I didn't have a butt or boobs. I thought I was just a stick because people told me I was a stick. They told me I was just, like, a little thin frame about to blow over in the wind you yes, know and I got that one blow, <laughs> you might blow away and yeah. the storm's coming yeah <laughs> and and like my friends told me they're like you don't have boobs you don't have a butt like I don't know why but um I wasn't until like my 20s that I had a friend take me to Victoria's Secret and she's like we're gonna get you fitted that I was like oh I have actually nice sized boobs then they're not <laughs> tiny and like I don't like it just blows my mind that like I spent my whole life, like, that was my perception. I didn't have yeah. a butt and I didn't have boobs. And, like, now as an adult, I feel I perceive myself as much more curvy than I ever did. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily, like, good, good. Well, I would say being flat-chested was a bad thing for sure. But, like, now it's like, oh, okay. Like, I was just totally blatantly wrong about, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and, and that just perception or, like, your yeah. friends and the way you treat yourself and the way you treat your friends can really feed into how people perceive themselves no it's so true it is so true I did a whole lot you know kind of along those lines like a lot of inner work for years when I was at a much higher weight than I am today and um then I started running and I do started doing all this stuff in as a like okay I'm just gonna connect to my body I'm gonna listen to my body I'm gonna give my body what it, what it wants and I started losing weight and I remember looking in the mirror and going wow, I actually don't feel any different about my body than I did 30 pounds heavier because 
I had already done the inner work. Mm-hmm. And it was this, the most like satisfying thing to me mm. because I'm like, wow, for years and years and years, I was like, I'll be happier if I'm thinner. Mm-hmm. I'll be happier. Guys will like me more. Things will work out like mm-hmm. if I'm smaller. And then I became smaller and I was like, oh, actually, I feel exactly the same about myself. <laughs> and I love myself just as much. So... I'm really glad that I did the inner work first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel I have to remind myself of that all the time just because, like, I'm not 18 anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I st- the things I was insecure about then, I'm insecure about now. Like, yeah. nothing nothing has changed, the, although my weight has changed. Like, and I'm like, oh, maybe it's actually not about my weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not about the weight. It's, it's really, really not. It's about the way I'm thinking about it here. Yeah. Yeah. So with all this in mind, like you've had an incredible journey of self-compassion and like, you know, improving the way that you think about yourself. How how do you like to influence other women and what would you say to other women who are struggling with the same things that you've struggled with? Mm. Yeah, I mean, if I could say one thing to women, it would be first, damn woman, you fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also, like, you get to be loved because you get to be loved. You're worthy of love right now in this moment exactly as you are. Like, whatever your shape, whatever your size, like, you are just so worthy of love. And, um, yeah. And then I would encourage, like, I would encourage women, specifically who uh, struggle with body image, to start diving into the questions of, like, oh, actually, where are my beliefs coming from? Like, um, when I coach people, we kind of ask questions like, oh, what was my mom's relationship with her body like? Mm. What um, are the media messages that I personally have received? Like, I have some specific memories from specific movies that where I was like, oh, that's where I adopted that belief. Um, And so as you start, like, kind of diving into what are my own beliefs, where are these coming from? And then what do I want to be believing, you know, and how, like, let's write a new story. Let's write a new narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, I, as you're mentioning, like, uh, specific things that you saw that sort of like, you can look back and see like, oh, this is the first time I mm-hmm. thought this. I'd love to hear an example of that, like, mm-hmm. so that people can hear and maybe relate if they have a similar yeah. experience um, of, of, and also see like how, how small it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I remember, I think I was probably 15 maybe, and I watched the movie Fool's Gold. It was with Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. And this is so vivid, but I remember this scene where Kate Hudson dives off the boat into the water and she's in a bikini and she's like, perfectly skin and proportionate (laughs) and this thought entered my mind and it just stuck there like was I only get to be loved and have a happy ending if I look like that if I'm that skinny and I remember like sitting in my living room and just this like awful feeling of like oh my gosh I don't look anything like that Mm -hmm. I don't think that I get to be loved and get to be happy And then for years, like, my three best friends were all, like, size zero to two. I watched as they entered relationships. They fell in love. They got married. And I didn't. And it just perpetuated that narrative that I believed that, oh, I only get to be loved if I look like that. Mm -hmm. And I was finding evidence for the story that I had created in my mind. Mm 
And I would be curious, like, specifically for people who, like, might be struggling with an eating disorder, like, what are the things that you recommend in, like, starting that journey of healing? Like, where do you go? Uh, I would recommend going to a therapist who specializes in eating disorders or just even a therapist at all Um, because eating disorders are almost never about food. Like, they're rarely, they're almost always about something else. So go to a therapist, go get support and help. You don't have to do this journey by yourself. Um, And then start asking questions, you know, of like where, what are my beliefs? Mm -hmm. What is going on in my own internal world? A lot of times there's really big emotions that really need processing and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of pain Mm -hmm. that needs a healthy way to come out. Yeah, I I love that. I mean, I'm such a, like, I think everyone should go to therapy. Mm-hmm. It has changed my life, and um, I think there's absolutely no shame, whether you're struggling with something actively or not. Like, mm-hmm. there's no shame in getting help and seeing someone that helps people professionally yes, for a living. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, Caitlin, as we're kind of wrapping up, we always ask this question to all of our guests, and I'm excited to hear your answer, but what does woman being mean to you? Yes, I love this. Um, uh, when I sat and thought about this, woman being is about being fully present in who I am as a woman, being willing to take up space, mm-hmm. being willing to be loud, but also to be completely quiet and unheard, like I just get to embody the fullness of myself as a woman. Mm. And that is like, I'm being, I'm mm. present in my own skin. I love that mm. so much. And then what would you recommend for like resources? And then also, where can people find you? Because I know people are going to want to follow you. Yes. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at Caitlin Joy Alexander. Um, also, my website is CaitlinJoyAlexander.com. Um, I do one-on-one coaching. Um, and then other resources, there are a number of people who I follow, like Jesse Neeland, um, Jessica Ash-, Ash Wellness is another great person to follow for like hormones and f- female balancing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, like just start uh finding people of different body sizes and shapes to follow online get yourself mm-hmm. comfortable with different bodies mm-hmm. and that yeah. different bodies get to be beautiful mm-hmm. absolutely and, and then Kristen Neff as I already mentioned her work on self-compassion and Brene Brown's work on shame mm. oh my gosh Brene Brown queen oh, of queens so good <laughs> um well thank you so much for being here with us today it's been such a treat to sit down pick your brain and talk about the things that I feel like we all struggle with at some level but might not necessarily verbalize so I think it's important to host these kinds of potentially hard or vulnerable conversations because really it's part of the human experience mm-hmm. so thank you for being here and Woman beings, make sure to like, subscribe, follow, drop a review, all the things. It really helps your girls out. (laughs) Please do it. (laughs) Please do it. You can follow us on Instagram at Woman Being Podcast. And you can also find our website at womanbeingcommunity.com. So 
make sure to tune in next Tuesday because we'll always have some great content coming your way. So thanks so much and have a great day. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>